As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Now we're back with the official real estate agents of the Tampa Bay Lightning and the best realtors in Tampa Bay, Andrew Duncan on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week to talk about the local real estate market here on the Duncan Duo Show. I'm joined by Robert Johnson from my real estate team and Mike Yates with Atlantic Bay Mortgage. And we start off the show today talking about the uh, Sarasota and Manatee real estate statistics. We talk about both the Tampa Bay market, uh, which includes you know Pinellas County, Clearwater, St. Petersburg, uh, and then all the outlying East Hillsboro as well. And um, we talk about Sarasota and Manatee separately because there are different MLS, a different board of realtors, and the, and the stats are tracked a little bit differently. And Sarasota and Manatee have always been seen as a market that peaks during uh, months that the Tampa market is not peaking. So it, it seems to peak during you know winter months because you get a lot of snowbirds and second home buyers, uh, whereas Tampa d- tends to peak during the summer. It's a, it's more families. Not to say that there aren't both of those in each market, but that's just more of the makeup. So the um, the the market summary uh, done by the Florida Association of Realtors that uh, the Sarasota Manatee Board um, puts out breaks it down between Manatee County and Sarasota County and 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 single family homes uh, versus multifamily. So starting off with Manatee County single family homes, there were 436 sales in October of 17 uh, with an average sale price of uh, 377. Now compare that, there were 428 sales a year ago uh, at an average sale price of only 323. So that's that's an almost 20% jump in the average sale price for Manatee County single-family homes. So, um, Sarasota County uh, single-family homes, there were 611 sales in October of 17, 592 in October of 16. So, again, another slight bump from last year. Average sale price, 381 in October of 17, uh, 319 in October of 16. So, again, another about a 20% jump. Um, month supply of inventory, both markets are hovering around four point, uh, between 3.9 to 4.1 months of inventory. So, pretty comparable in terms of the inventory. And uh, that was the same thing we were seeing last year in the market. Uh, for multifamily properties, uh, Manatee County townhouses and condos, average sale price of 222 uh, 222,000 compared to 202,000 last year. Uh, 3.8 months of inventory last year, 4.1 months of inventory. Closed sales, 161 this year, 177 last year. So fewer sales uh, in the multifamily segment for Manatee County this year compared to last year. And then Sarasota County townhouses and condos, there were 243 sales this year, 274 last year. So again, a drop in the number of sales. 
Average sale price of 224000 this year, 207 last year. Uh, months of inventory, 4.9 uh, this year versus 5.0 last year. So in summary, the the single family market in, in Manatee and Sarasota doing very well, seeing really nice appreciation uh, at 20%. Uh, for the average sale price, the uh, townhomes and condos saw only about a 10% clip and saw fewer sales, uh, you know, than they did last year, uh, and more inventory of townhouses and condos than there is of single-family homes. Some of the stats are probably influenced a little bit uh, by uh, sales getting pushed into October because of Irma. So I think that um, had that not been there, we might have seen lower sales uh, in Sarasota across the board, fewer sales uh, in Sarasota across the board. So I think the the hurricane definitely impacted it there. But this is, um, you know, the the association more or less came to the assumption that um, the Sarasota Mantis recovered from the storm now. You know, the, the the kind of the hangover from the storm has, has kind of passed on and now people are back focusing on you know, buying and selling. So, um, you know, interestingly, um, you know, Robert, you spent some time down there in our, our Sarasota office. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, sometimes will look down there and, and say, Hey, you know, look, it's a much higher price market, but there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of mid-level price sales going on down there, 200, 250, 300,000, you know, p- people from Tampa will maybe look to buy a vacation home down there and not realize that there's still a lot of affordable opportunities in Sarasota Manatee as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you're seeing what's interesting about there is just like up here, you're seeing a ton of new construction too. I mean, even in the condo market, you're seeing a lot of new construction. I mean, there's so many options down there. Um, it's really maturing as a market, but your options, I mean, they go from, you can still find great deals all the way to really high end, so the options are really open. Yeah, and they have a, um, they have more of a high end market than we do, which I think causes that stigma that you know people from Tampa think, oh, it's really expensive down there. But the reality is that um, you know you've got Anna Maria and you've got some of the beach stuff that, that goes really high, but there's still a lot of inland two hundred and two hundred fifty thousand dollar affordable homes. Um, and, and there's been a bit of a movement, a bit of a you know I saw some demographics recently that showed that you know historically the uh, average age of a home buyer in Sarasota Manatee has kind of climbed over the years. And the last couple of years has kind of taken a little bit of a step back. So you're seeing more yeah. young professionals. Yeah. And when we say inland, <clears throat> it's interesting we even use that term because here inland, you know, Tampa's an hour from the right. beach with traffic. There, inland means you're still 15 minutes from right, the exactly. beach. So, you know, if you're looking for something that's more affordable, you're still going to be very, very, very close to the beach. They've done a lot of building down there, built out the roads. They're, I mean, they're building a lot down there, period. But you'll be able to get to the beach much quicker uh, and be much closer, even though we're referring to inland opportunities. Yeah, it's funny. I saw another statistic that I thought was really interesting, the number of foreclosure sales um, in the marketplace, which um, there were like 30-something foreclosures sold in the month. Uh, but in single family homes in the entire market, like 30 something. I remember wow. when it was like, oh my, like hundreds and hundreds yeah, and hundreds. Probably so, at least half the market at yeah, one point. Was yeah. So now it's such a small, I mean, it's, it, you know, down there you're talking less than, you know, pr- probably five, 10% of the, of the sales or foreclosures or short sales. So it's, it's not the impact it used to be. If you're someone, you know, maybe that's, that's visiting here in Tampa and you're looking for one of those great foreclosure deals that you read about a couple of years ago. It's it, the Good foreclosure luck. deals are selling for retail value. Yeah. I mean, banks are, you know, a lot of banks are even going in and improving the homes before they put them on the market. I mean, it's, it's really interesting what they've done with them. 
Yeah, and I think that they understand that with values rising, uh, especially on the short sale side of things, they're not in any huge rush. So it's it's even more challenging to get a short sale through today because prices keep going up. The bank just says, well, "Why should I hurry up and rush to sell this thing? Price keeps going up. I'm I'm not an idiot, you know." Right. <laughs> Banks have a lot of money for a reason. They're not stupid with it, you know. Yeah, they want to so, get as much money as they can too to minimize their loss. So you know, everybody yep. thinks you can come in and get those for nothing. It's not yep. the case. And it, it's it's interesting, you know, because again specifically for for Tampa Bay but but even more so for Sarasota Manatee a lot of people this time of year think oh you know I'm going to wait until the spring or the summer to buy or sell well that's when everyone else is doing it there are great deals out there and then there are really motivated buyers that need to buy now um you know we've had great success every year with with positioning sellers uh, during the holidays when other people aren't out on the market. So, you know, don't don't go don't have the preconceived notion that you had when you lived up north that the market dies during um, you know, during December, uh, January, because the reality is does it is it slow down for a few days? Certainly a, a couple of days here and there. There isn't a whole lot of activity going on around Christmas and around New Year's. But the reality is the rest of the month can still be very productive. And Sarasota, that's the in season. So yeah. you know, if if you move to Sarasota from New York, which is probably like eighty seven percent of the Sarasota population, <laughs> <laughs> then then it doesn't slow down and it, don't don't wait. Like now is the actual time because everyone else from New York is coming down here this time of year and looking and falling in love with Sarasota and wanting to buy a home. So you want to be on the market in Sarasota and Manatee during these months. And quite frankly, a lot of the same thing applies to Tampa. Yeah. I mean, for tax reasons, especially there's people that want to get in homes by the end of the year. I mean, we had a million dollar sale that just went under contract and they want to close in two weeks, all cash before the end of the year, that that was a stipulation that they had to have. And, and again, a lot of that is um, there are people, there's certainly some pressure from people that want to do things because of some potential changes in our current tax um, you know, with the, with the the current tax proposals, um, because anything that would happen is likely grandfathered, depending on you know what comes out. I mean, there's still a lot that can change with that. But the other reason is the homestead exemption. You know, they lock in the value at, at this year's value versus next year's value. And as we've seen prices going up, that could have a twenty plus percent impact on your property taxes by buying and closing by the end of the year versus waiting till next year. So a lot of people don't realize that. But I think we always see a, a little bit of a flurry. Um, you know, with a push towards, you know, December closings. And, and I think that that's, um, you know, the, the tax situation is certainly an evidence of that. But I also think it, outside of the taxes, um, you know, I mean, people just like why people buy more stuff during December, they buy more computers and laptops. I mean, everyone knows they call it, you know, the black months for a reason. People, you know, they get out of the retailers, get out of the red and into the black. Another really big reason for that is because people have time off. They have time off to look at real estate. They have time off to dream. They have time off to go shopping. Uh, whereas during other months, maybe they're working too much and they don't have time to step away. But during these months, they're taking a lot of time off. They have time to look at second homes. They have time to look at maybe moving again that they don't have in other parts of the year. So, um, Mike, what would you know? Obviously, there's there's people out there that are looking to you know buy next year. Uh, with uh, with only a couple minutes left in our segment, what would maybe be some key tips that you'd tell people? Um, uh, you know, to get prepared to do if they want to buy, you know, in 2018. Right. One, of course, is check your credit situation, kind of know where you stand, uh, what your scores are. You know, if you're going to finance a property, you know, all lenders have certain credit score requirements. So kind of see where you are on that. Um, you know, pay down debt if you can. 
save money if you can, you know, especially if you're in a situation where you need to put money down, the more money you can save, the better. So anything you can do to start preparing is, is going to make it easier when you get to that time frame. And I think in addition to that, in addition to paying down debt, uh, not incurring new debt. Exactly. Yes. Don't take on any new debt. This is, don't this go is out a and buy a new car. Well, or, or, uh, don't yeah, co-sign for someone look, else. Lexus and BMW and Mercedes. I see the commercials nonstop. I mean, this oh, yeah. is the time of year when they push yeah, they're heavy, trying to heavy, dump heavy, all heavy. their inventory as well. So, so. you've <laughs> got to be cautious about that. If buying right. a home is in your, um, you know, is is in your wheelhouse, then you you got to be conscious about yeah, that. Figure out what's more important: a new car or a new house. Yep, and same thing like holiday debt, like Christmas gifts and things like that. You can right. buy all the gifts for the kids and all that kind of stuff that you want, but guess what? If you don't have a house for it, right? Exactly. You know? So, um, well, anyway, um, we're you're here on the Duck and Duo Show. We always talk about the local real estate market when we aren't on air. Make sure to check out all of our socials. We're at the Duncan Duo. Our website's theduncanduo.com. Uh, you can check out some of our featured properties. You can get your home value. Uh, you can uh, learn about the market. Um, we also uh, we're looking to hire people on our real estate team. So if you're listening to this show and you're thinking about a real estate career, go check out jointheduo.com. Again, that is jointheduo.com. Uh, we have a real our next real estate career night is on December 12th in the evening, where we talk about what it's like to uh, have a real estate career and what it's like to work on our real estate team. So make sure to check that out at jointheduo.com. You can also send us your resume through there, uh, apply for one of uh, several open positions that we have uh, on our real estate team at jointheduo.com. So we're going to be back after a quick break. We're going to continue our conversation. We're going to talk more about uh, what is going on in Tampa real estate. Uh, we're also going to talk a little, we're going to do a little bit of a neighborhood focus, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about Seminole Heights and some stuff that's happening around Seminole Heights and Tampa Heights after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. Tampa Bay, if you want to know what's going on in the real estate market, tune in right here on Sundays at 10 a.m. on 970 WFLA for the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the local real estate market with Mike Yates from Atlantic Bay Mortgage and uh, Robert Johnson from um, our real estate team. The uh, excitement in Seminole Heights. People are celebrating because the murderer has been captured. Yes. Uh, It was funny. I had a plan to talk about Seminole Heights a couple of weeks ago, and then I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of shelve the topic of Seminole Heights because of what's going on. But now that he's caught, um, you know, I, I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about that neighborhood today because I think it's a neighborhood that um, I consider that area that area in West Tampa. I think are some of the best future appreciation potential and investment markets that we have in Tampa Bay. They're close proximity to everything. They're close to downtown. They're in transition. There's still good deals. The prices are still affordable. You can still find really nice homes under $200,000. There's a lot of really nice, cool, local uh, restaurants and establishments. You've got Eulalie. You've got all the stuff along the river. We went to a, a place called the Hall last night for the first time, which I thought was really cool. I'd never been there before, and it was it was really neat, very trendy. And there's a lot of that that's happening in Seminole Heights. So if you're someone, you know, one of the things that happens in real estate, and, and you guys can both attest to this, um, people will go out and decide what they want, and they'll they'll have this whole long laundry list of about three quarters of it that they can get in their price range, and about a quarter of it that they can't. Like how often do you guys? People have to make compromises. Right? Yeah, I always say you have to have your, you know, your list that you 
have to have. You have to have your non-negotiables. So you need to figure out what's an actual non-negotiable and then what can you really bend on? And I think that your non-negotiables are actually a lot smaller than you think. Something I wouldn't bend on is location. But when you're talking about Seminole Heights, Tampa Heights, Riverside Heights, I mean, you can go a couple blocks and you're still in a great location, but um, you're going to have a lot cheaper real estate. Well, so if and, you're flexible, yeah, I mean, and I think that that's one thing that I think I see that happens a lot are, are people like they're for, for a location, their purpose for selecting a location may be because of the proximity to their work, their drive. In other words, mm-hmm. they say, you know what? I want to be in South Tampa because it's a 15 minute drive to work. Well, Seminole Heights, Tampa Heights, Riverside Heights, that, that might be the same, you know? And, and so we're seeing a lot of young professionals that want to live in South Tampa, but maybe can't can't you know afford it you know the the 300 400 500 thousand dollar price point just doesn't make sense for them um and and so but but some of them i think have avoided some little heights and and man if you go drive through there uh, i remember you know probably five years ago listing homes there for banks and you know 50 and 60 and seventy thousand dollars houses that you're like oh man this is kind of scary now you drive through there and there are, man it is it has changed dramatically I love it's the such a cool through there too. yeah it's such a cool area and and because of what's happening downtown and some of the development and you know that area is just going to continue to thrive and improve is it perfect no i mean are there challenges still yes with any neighborhood that's in transition that's the case but if you're looking for a good deal in an area that is very likely to continue to see um you know nice price gains and and you know uh, an improvement in supply and demand uh it, it's a no-brainer for me i mean i would love to find more investment opportunities there and we've had team members that have bought and sold and flipped and done very well in seminal heights i'm i'm one of them i've flipped a couple homes in seminal heights and done extreme and i say seminal heights tampa heights you know in the heights basically um some people, I think, you know, obviously there's specific boundaries for each of those, but I think in that general area, um, you know, and, and have done very well. So if you're an investor, that's obviously a really hot market. But, um, you know, one thing that's still a little lacking, um, which is why I think you, you don't see a lot of families moving there. The schools aren't, aren't you know, as great as they are in other parts of town. But the likelihood of people living there are generally speaking people, you know, that are living there prior to their kids being school aged. I think that's a lot or that are single, um, you know, divorced, separated, um, you know, older. Um, you know, I, I think you see a good mix of people, but you don't see a ton of families. Right. Um, and I think that's probably the the, the challenge that, that it has. Cool. But there are plenty of people that don't really want to live around families. Well, one of the issues yeah. with Seminole Heights is you're going to have bungalows, and they're not going to be South Tampa-style bungalows. I mean, if you go to – so you're talking about size. Okay, so yeah. uh, Tampa Heights is going to have more of the Victorians. They're going to yeah. be larger. Seminole Heights is going to have the small bungalows that were built right around the time that Florida had a, the first real estate crash back in the 20s. So you're going to have these small homes that really – it's going to be hard for a mature family, family to live in them. Yeah. So. But but one thing that I like, I mean, there's a couple of restaurants that my wife and I drive over to go there that are unlike anything around, you know, anywhere else. And um, the one thing I never have happen when I go into a restaurant in Seminole Heights is uh, there, there's not like a, a gob of kids running around, right. you know. And and again, there's some people that love that. There's some people that don't, uh, you know, not not taking a position on that. But if you're someone who wants to go out to a dinner and you you want to go somewhere where there's not likely to be kids at an affordably priced restaurant. Now, we all know you can go to the Eddie V's and the Ocean Primes and the any expensive stuff in town and you're not likely to see, you know, you're, you're, it's likely to be people out on dates and, and that sort of thing. So there's not likely to have babies there. But but it, uh, an affordable place, you know, there, there's a lot of that that happens there. And I think there's people that are attracted to that. There's people well, that say, I want to live here because 
uh, because of that experience. Yeah, and you're talking about a lot of independent, locally run places. You know, yes, Eddie V's not, stuff yeah. like that. That's that's a national chain. chain. Yeah, so in some of the heights, you've got all independent, like all right. local, locally owned, and, operated types. And that's one of the reasons why you know after this guy is is captured and, and whatever that everybody goes back there and supports these businesses because those are locally run yep. businesses yep. that need everybody's support. The money's so. not going to Wall Street; it's going right. to a lady that lives right around the corner. Right. You know? So well, anyway, we're gonna be back after a quick break. We're gonna continue to talk about the local real estate market here on the Duncan Duo Show. Now we're back with the official real estate agents of the Tampa Bay Lightning and the best realtors in Tampa Bay, Andrew Duncan on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show, and if you are a new homeowner or have bought a home in the last year, uh, the next topic of conversation, we're going to be speaking directly to you. Uh, I'm Andrew Duncan with the Duncan Duo. I've got Robert Johnson with my real estate team and Mike Yates with me as well. Five, five first-year mistakes that brand-new homeowners make. And I thought this was really effective because, obviously, we've seen record home sales this year, which is record first-time home buyer sales. A lot of new homeowners out there uh, that are probably listening right now or someone that knows a new homeowner. And, and quite frankly, when I look at this list, the, I know some experienced homeowners that have made some of these mistakes, too. But the um, you know I'm going to go through this list, and, and these are some things you want to avoid. This article came out from House Logic. Um, always going with the lowest bid uh, is a mistake. So, in other words, you, you price out getting repairs or improvements done to your house, and you go with the lowest person. So, um, I think just like real estate agents, just like you know cars, just like anything else, you know that's that that, that has differences. You get what you pay for. Um, you know, in our experience, when you when you go for the cheapest person, oftentimes. Um, there's a lack of quality or lack of experience because they charge less or they're cutting corners like using inferior products or they're they're not filing permits. And, and I can tell you firsthand that can really come back to bite you when you go to sell your house if you had improvements done or repairs done. And and they weren't permitted uh, because it, it can it can it can crush your home sale. Right. Read uh, reviews, too. 
Yeah, read reviews is a big one. And if they don't have reviews, if they're just Johnny Smith that has his handyman truck, uh, you know, that's another one that can just be really cautious. Now, if you know someone or it's a personal referral that can maybe in, in they're an independent, just kind of handyman guy. Okay. But you just have to be really, really cautious. I can tell you there's a lot of, I mean, that's why there's TV shows geared around contractors that scam people. You know, I mean, there's TV shows geared around it. So, you know how common it is. Um, and, and it's hard to police it. So, you know, going with the lowest bid is, is a mistake. And, and, and a lot of times it's an upsell thing. So they're going to bring you in at a low price. And then during the job, they're going to find they, because they didn't do a thorough enough job vetting the job when they took it as a as a quote. They're going to find more stuff and they're going to upsell you. So the initial quote doesn't end up always being the final price. Uh, when you got half your house torn apart and they ask you for more money, you're kind of SOL. You're you're at their mercy. So um, definitely not going with the lowest bid. Now, that doesn't mean the lowest bid can't be the right bid sometimes. It just means don't always go with the lowest bid. Uh, submitting small insurance claims. Um, you know, this can kill your, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're talking about repairs that are just slightly over your deductible, um, may not be a good thing to, to, to do. And I think that probably applies to a lot of insurance. You know, I've got, um, you know, high deductibles on all of our policies intentionally, and that's certainly not the path for everybody out there, depending on their financial situation. But if you've got a repair, that's going to be a little bit over your deductible, you, you probably should just didn't shouldn't file a claim on it. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that if you do file a claim that it can end up making your homeowner's insurance go up for instance. So, you know, is it worth it? And especially filing a claim and then money. finding out after you filed the claim that the the claim amount or the dollar amount for repairs is less than your deductible you're exactly. paying for it anyway. Now you've just notified your insurance company you've spent their money right. and your rates could go up from that. So exactly. or the insurance company come out and comes out and looks at your house and finds something else they don't like. Right. Absolutely. You know, so um, you know, definitely be cautious about that. Now, certainly, if there's an emergency type or a really high dollar situation, yeah, insurance in in my eyes is really meant for more, uh, especially on the homeowners front, is really meant um, more for catastrophe protection than than anything else. I mean, if, if something breaks, you get a little slight roof leak, you, you know, you have an electrical outlet that you know that fizzes out. I mean, it, stuff like that to me is just not stuff that I think makes sense to have, to file an insurance claim. We don't. We don't. I can't even. I think the the only time I've filed an insurance claim is when somebody drove through a freaking house. Right. Like literally, I had a, somebody drive through a house. I filed an insurance claim on that, but I can't remember the last. You know, that that's a, that's kind of a that's a major, yeah, you know, that's but, a major one. But but yeah, that 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 you know, I don't. I, Didn't I can't that happen multiple times? Uh, yes, it did. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, failing to consider the ROI of home remodeling improvements. This is one that I that I get all the time. So I. You know, I play basketball and and um, at the YMCA in South Tampa, and everyone knows that I'm in real estate. So I have people come up and ask me questions all the time, and they're they saying things like, you know, well, you know, I heard that if I you know put in a pool, it'll increase the value of my house by fifty thousand dollars, and I mean, or or they hear like, you know, if I remodel this, I spent twenty thousand, so now my house is worth one seventy. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that, you know. So for the most part, there's not a lot of things, there's not a lot of improvements that you make that add dollar for dollar. Um, additions are one that can add dollar for dollar because you're adding square footage. But for the most part, if you're simply improving something that's already there without adding size to it, most of the time you're not going to add more than it costs you. 
um, because you're going to get use out of it. So um, now that doesn't mean it's a bad idea to do. It just means that you have to understand that there's you know that there's a financial loss with those things. Those are depreciable. They're not they're not adding dollar for dollar value for the most part. Now occasionally in some neighborhoods and price points, renovating a kitchen or, or renovating a bathroom can 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 add more value than it costs. Um, but and adding a bathroom is another one that can add more value than it costs. But but a lot of the time. Uh, you're you're spending money that doesn't add dollar for dollar. So don't assume just because you decided to upgrade your floors that the ten thousand dollars you spent improving your floors added ten thousand dollars in value because it didn't. Right. I tell people all the time that it may make your house more visually appealing, but it doesn't make it more valuable. Correct. You know, or if if you've done some upgrades and you're competing with another cell in the neighborhood, you know. Your upgraded kitchen may be more appealing yep. than the one down the street, but it doesn't necessarily make it worth more money. I think another another mistake that first year homeowners make is is not saving their receipts, not being financially organized. You know, tossing the receipts and the paperwork about repairs or improvements that are done. You got to save everything. People are going to ask. People are going to want to know who you hire. They're going to want to know what it costs. They're going to want to know model numbers or part numbers for things that were changed. Um, you know, I can, t- I can't tell you how often we deal with homeowners who have their floors redone and then the new buyer buys the home and then has a little issue and needs to replace a couple of wood planks and nobody can find the part number, right. the model number, the flooring <laughs> number. I mean, I go, I'm going through that personally. Like nobody has it. It's like, do you like, what do you people do? Like, do right. you have like a big bucket? Of, do you do bonfires in the backyard? Do you take all the paperwork out back and just burn it on fire? Like what is wrong with people? Why not save that stuff? Would you say that if it wasn't for Angela though? What do you mean? Oh, yeah, you're right. Cause I probably, yeah, yeah. You, no, I actually, you throw no, it away. the truth is, the truth is, no, no, here's what's funny. So Angela obviously is super detailed and, and I'm not, but I always, I save everything. It's just like I literally Finding just it. have a cabinet, right. the whole pile of receipts. It's in here somewhere. It's in there, correct. It, whereas Angela has it like, you know, this is January 7th from 8 a.m. to 12 noon. Receipts here from 12 noon to 4 p.m. Here's the receipt. You know, very analytical, but but you're right. Uh, I would save it. It would just take me a while to find it. So I had literally, like when we when we got married, I had these black filing cabinets in my garage, and they were filled with all my receipts. And she's like, "Well, what's this?" I was like, "Oh, those are all the receipts from this year." Like, and just in just literally not a folder, just in the filing cabinet. Like, and she's like, "But some of them are falling down below. They're like down here." I was like, "Oh, well, they're in there. They're safe, you know." So, but nonetheless, saving your receipts, your paperwork, your documents, uh, the buyers are going to need it, need it someday. Um, and, and you're going to need it someday. Uh, last but not least, um, I always tell people home inspection, when they have a home inspection done, it's kind of like a blueprint for what they need to do in their next year or two of ownership. Because a lot of the things that may, that may be noted on an inspection report aren't things that are broken, but they're things that are starting to have issues or that could break down the line. Using that inspection report is kind of a blueprint to go back to it during your first year of ownership and have some of those things addressed. We, you know, the house we're in now, uh, during the home inspection, we found that there were some bolts, you know, some of the bolts on the roof had rusted out. We knew we were going to have to replace them. So we, we did it recently, you know, and, and so um, they're not things you have to do immediately, but the things you need to pay attention to. So going back and referencing that inspection report to take care of some of those maintenance items that could turn into major repairs or issues if you don't address them sooner. So um, that's a mis- another another mistake first year homeowners make is that um, you know they get the home inspection done, they renegotiate some prices, but that they never address the things that they renegotiated for, uh, and and a year or two or three later those things creep up on them and turn into much bigger. Uh, repair issues. 
Um, so again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show here on 970 WFLA. Got a couple of featured properties that I want to talk about. Anytime you want to look at our featured properties, you can go to theduncanduo.com. And uh, the first one is 17101 Bevel Road in Odessa. This is in Shays Crest. This home was listed a few weeks ago. Beautiful lakefront property, two bedroom, uh, two bath. Um, home, which is basically like a main home and then a separate studio-style guest home. So there's actually two houses on it. Would be a great vacation type of uh, property. Country-style living, but 105 feet of waterfront, nestled on a large almost third of an acre lot. Lots of potential on the property. Nice, charming house. Stainless steel appliances, granite countertops, and um, no deed restrictions. Plenty of parking for a cars, RV, or boat. And uh, peacefully secluded from the hustle and bustle of Tampa, but really close to everything as well. It is listed for three hundred fifteen thousand. Again, one seven one zero one Bevel Road, Odessa. Then we have one zero zero four Woodruff Avenue in Clearwater. Um, this this property is um, you know just listed in Oak Acres for three hundred thousand. It's a three bedroom, two bath uh, with a private pool, twenty two hundred fifty one square feet, two car garage. Uh, pool, spa, uh, lots of patio area, an aluminum deck, a beautiful kitchen with granite countertops, a gas range and custom cabinets, and a huge master retreat on a third of an acre as well. Again, 1004 Woodruff Avenue in Clearwater, listed for $300,000. Yeah, you can learn more about it uh, at theduncanduo.com. Just at the very top of the page, you can click on Our Listings and see uh, both of those properties uh, on on the site as well. Search the entire MLS again at theduncanduo.com. So, Mike, um, you know, we talked a, a couple weeks ago about things people need to do during the holidays um, to to either while they're looking for homes or while while they're buying homes. We talked about holiday debt already. Um, but let's say, you know, we, and I talked with Richard last week, a lot of people do like, you know, kind of their financial review this time of year. Uh, they're looking to save money. They're looking to reduce costs. Um, there's certainly still people out there that could do a refinance. Absolutely. And I think that's something that, that, you know, this time of year, maybe people take a break, they step back and they look at their finances and see maybe they're paying a higher rate than is out there right now. Right. Yeah. Rates are still low. Uh, you know, historically low. They have ticked up a little bit, but they're still low enough. There's still a lot of refinance opportunity out there. Um, you know, you could look at saving money on your interest rate. Um, you know, if your rate is low, but maybe you're in a better financial situation now, for instance, you may be able to look at reducing your term to get it paid off quicker. Um, you know, kind of the flip side of that, if if your home has built up some equity now, especially in our market where housing prices have have gone up, uh, you know, you may have that opportunity to pay off some debt uh, with a cash out refinance. Uh, there's there's tons of reasons that, that you could refinance, and it never hurts to at least explore the opportunity with a lender. Um, most lenders, including Atlantic Bay, we don't charge anything just to look at it for you. So if the numbers don't work, you know, no harm, no foul. There's There's no reason not to at least explore the option. Awesome. Yeah, I think this is a time of year when a lot of people are kind of doing their financial reviews, and, and it's always a good time for the people to look at that. So we'll be back with our last segment. Make sure to follow us on all of our social channels, at The Duncan Duo. Check out our YouTube channel. We're going to announce a special contest and promotion coming soon. We're approaching a million views on our YouTube page, and uh, we, we want to get over the hump. So we're going to uh, do a cool contest for the millionth viewer uh, on our YouTube channel here coming up soon. So check that out at youtube.com backslash The Duncan Duo, and we'll be back after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. 
Hey, back with Andrew hosting the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show on 970 AM WFLA. The real estate expert in Tampa, Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo, 10 AM on 970 WFLA. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the local real estate market. And Mike, we got some increases in our loan limits, which is going to be impactful for people looking to buy this year. What, what do we got going on? Right. Yeah. So this week, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac um, updated their new loan amounts for 2018, which are going from 424.100 up to uh, 453. I, I believe it. 453 and some change. It's I don't, about 5% jump. Right. Yeah. I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but it's a big number. Um, it, it does show that our housing market continues to improve and housing markets are going up. So, um, you know, that helps a lot of home buyers that are, are looking in a higher price range. There may would be not, a jumbo loan. Right. Exactly. Right. Could, uh, could potentially avoid the jumbo loan. Um, and usually what happens as well, uh, the VA usually falls in line and increases their loan amount to match. I mean, I actually even saw something today that FHA could potentially go from, I think, our area. It's different for every county, but our areas in the 275 and change range may go up as high as 295. So that's a big jump for FHA as well. Awesome. Awesome. So I wanted to move forward to the next topic and talk about real estate staging. Um, home staging secrets to, to help your home sell faster. And, and Robert, we've got, you know, hundreds of years of experience, um, you know, amongst all of our agents, not just with you and I, cause we're not that old. <laughs> um, but, but we've got a lot of experience on our, on our team, you know, you know, compiled experience on our team of people that have looked at homes and sold homes and, and helped list homes. And, and we sell, you know, more listings than anybody else. So we've seen all these different scenarios. A lot of consumers, I think, don't have the eye for it. And they make the mistake of thinking they know what they're doing or because they watch HGTV. But how important it is for people to declutter uh, when they're selling their house. I think that's that's Uh, job number one. Well, we have seen everything. We (laughs) We could do a whole show on that. That would be fun. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's one of the most, if not the most important, one of the most important things that you can do when you're getting your house ready to go on the market. Um, I mean when somebody walks into a home and it's cluttered and all people can focus on is the stuff in the house, that's not good. They can't imagine themselves living in that house. They have to come in, they have to see a nice clean home that's clutter free, but that also looks ready for them to move into. I mean, it's it's very, very important. And that's why staging companies are so successful. That's one of the reasons why a lot of those HGTV shows even exist because you, know, you can come in and declutter and stage somebody's house and all of a sudden the house looks brand new. Yeah. And I think another thing that's important is, you know, you're not selling your stuff and your stuff isn't going to be the same kind of stuff someone else will like. Don't take a personal. It's a business decision. You're selling your house to put money in your pocket. You, you know, then then this is the, those are the steps you have to take. And, and I think scaling down the furniture. Yeah. And I also um, I was surprised when the times that we've worked very, very closely with stagers um, staging and interior decorating is two different arts. So you might be fantastic at interior decorating. You might be an interior decorator. Um, I'm always shocked when we go to people's homes and they say they're an interior decorator, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) it's very taste specific. But staging is an art. You want to make sure that you know how to stage a property or hire a stager. I don't care if you're an interior decorator, if you love flipping shows, whatever. You have to have somebody come in, be able to look at the scale of things, how things are set up. Um, Just everything that goes into to that it has to be staging specific not necessarily your interior taste correct and i think a lot of times you know staging can certainly be overkill for
for some people too, because I think, you know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's simple things that our agents can tell them to do that they just know from gobs and gobs of experience that they walk into a house and it's, it's pretty close to being ready to the market. But there's a few things that need to be done. Yeah. And I mean, you might be using your dining room as an office, you know, you might be not using your formal room. You might, all these things, but when you're getting ready to have it put on the market, you want the rooms to a lot of times go back to what they're meant to be. Correct. You want to the house to look almost like a model home. You know, yeah. you go into those homes, they're perfectly staged. They're not, a lot of them aren't decorated to the nines. I mean, they're they're strategic and they're they're placed the way they're supposed to be for it to appeal to the most buyers. And exactly. that's what you want. I, I always find it interesting when, when people say, well, I didn't, you know, like someone that lives in the house, I really didn't like the stage of furniture. Well, great, because it's really not meant to, you're not really meant to like it. The right. buyer is when I sell your home in six days, you'll shut up. You know, right. because basically the purpose is not to make you like it. It's to make people that are it's to make it apply to the most number of people to allow the home to sell fast, to allow people to look at it neutrally, to allow them to fall in love with it and not be so taste specific that you eliminate certain buyers from falling in love with it. Yeah. You want to be very non-emotional about anything that we tell you or the stager tells you or, or whatever. And sometimes we do need to bring a stager yeah, like in. Even when I tell you to shut up, you got to be honest. Well, well <laughs> Just kidding. a lot of times sort of. we might have to bring a stager in because they're the professional. And right. when we say things, a seller might take it a different way than right. when the stager says it. So, sure. you know, be very non-emotional. I mean, be ready to to part with your home and it's a, it's a house now it's not your home so right. it, it's just an asset it, Correct. we're we're there to sell it correct and it, it's some, it, it, and the purpose is to sell for the most money in the fastest time frame so the advice we're giving you is geared towards that it's not geared towards you liking it because you're not someone that sells thousands of homes you're not someone who's gone through this so trust the professional that you hired and if you've hired someone that, that didn't that hasn't sold thousands of homes that's on you like then then you made a bad hire so uh, which is a, I could do a whole show about that. Yeah, like you could. could. You're going on a show. tangent right now. Come <laughs> could, back to I the stage. I, I really, I could really go on a whole show about about that. But um, you know, nonetheless, you've been listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to check out all of our socials. Go to theduncanduo.com. Get your home value estimate and uh, search for your new home at theduncanduo.com. And have a great rest of your Sunday, Tampa Bay. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.